Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy podcast, I have a very special guest. Her name is Haley Cole. Haley is a golden light intuitive and divine feminine teacher who started her spiritual journey at eight years old when she was introduced to various wonderful teachers and teachings. Throughout her childhood and young adult life, she continued learning about meditation, utilizing her intuition, the chakras, angels, gods, goddesses, ascended masters, and more. At 16, she became a Reiki master. She has now devoted her life to helping others discover just how powerful they are through her Golden Light Mastery School, YouTube, podcast, mentorship, and speaking. Haley believes this work is so important because once we discover how magical we are, we can change the world. Oh my gosh, if that isn't true. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited. I know this is something that we've been trying to make happen for a while now. (laughs) So just so the audience knows, um, I personally have worked with Haley and it was, um, you know, some really very uh, beneficial, you know, um, sessions that have uh, occurred through her work. And so she was very helpful with connecting me with my guides and kind of um, reminding me things that my, my own, you know, intuition and higher self already knew, but maybe just wasn't um, validating and whatnot. So Haley, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited to have you. Of course. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Awesome. So I want to kind of just jump right into things. So I myself see a huge trend, a huge shift in this awakening that's happening with society. And we're seeing this um, desire for people to really be more curious, I guess is the best way to put it, at this whole spirituality and consciousness. So um, there's this concept of intuition and being able to tap into your intuition can you kind of talk about that and explain to the audience what an in, um, your in, intuition is and how we access it? Like, what does it all mean? So intuition is essentially just your connection to source, to God, your higher self, whatever you really want to call it. Um, it's all beautiful, no matter what. It's all really the same thing. Um, and just... Is this, sorry to interrupt, but is this exactly. the same thing as the gut instinct? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So a gut instinct is actually um, kind of an aspect of intuition. So there's different forms of messages. So people call them like the clairs. So there's clairsentience, which is a lot of empaths have this gift because it's that strong kind of gift of feeling. They tend to take on other people's emotions and you have a mix of everything. It's just a couple tends, one or two tend to kind of stick out more and be more prominent. And the more that you kind of cultivate and work on it, the more that they grow and the more the other ones grow too. Um, but empaths tend to be super, super clairsentient. They can kind of feel everybody's energy. They can feel the energy of someone that they're talking to. Um, they might get messages from their higher self, from their team. 
from the universe through their own feelings of like really excited about making a decision and they want to go and do it and or they're feeling like this pit in their stomach and it's just kind of going to be like oh that's a no um there's claircognizance which is that gut feeling so oftentimes claircognizant people are saying i just know because it's the gift of knowing so you don't exactly know why you might not quite hear anything quite yet although typically when someone's claircognizance it develops into clairaudience which is the gift of hearing so hearing is kind of like you hear literally what someone is saying. You might hear a yes or no. You're probably super connected to music. You might be really sensitive to even like loud sounds. You might be really jumpy because you have just like an extra sensory essentially, like and it's a psychic sense. So even physical noises are just like even 10 times more intense. And then there's also clairvoyance, which is like heavily not really portrayed right <laughs> in Hollywood because it's like shown as like you can only see dead people, but really it's a lot of symbolism. It's kind of like seeing images or seeing scenes through your mind um, and that's or like visions or things like that. Um, and that's kind of how it comes, comes through for people who are clairvoyant, at least in the beginning, and then it can't grow over time. Okay. But yeah, so it's different forms depending on who you are. Okay, very interesting. So I definitely connect with two of them very strongly. I have that strong sense of knowing and then also the visions um, are something that as I continue to upgrade those continued you know those aspects of my gifts i continue mm -hmm. to strengthen they become stronger and stronger so um it's really exciting when you can actually uh attach like a, a name to it like i have this mm -hmm. thing you know i don't know <laughs> yeah but there's like this feeling just this sense of yeah. knowing like i don't mm -hmm. know i don't get it people are like okay well whatever so <laughs> It's, it's great to know that the, it's actually called something and it's- It is called something. <laughs> it's a form of intuition. <laughs> so how do we tap into this intuition? I know that for myself with coaching and working with individuals, people are so detached. They're so not tapped into that conscious piece of themselves. Mm -hmm. that they don't know how to listen. They don't know how to even initiate starting the whole process of exploring what this whole intuitive, you know, intuitive, intuitive intuition type of uh, concept is. So mm. what kind of um, advice, tips do you have for the listener who might be contemplating this? So a really, I mean, I always am going to suggest meditation because even if you're not getting met, like actual messages in meditation, what meditation does is it creates the space to allow you to kind of be more grounded and centered so that you're maybe open even throughout the day to receive them. Mm -hmm. So, and it also helps to open your third eye and clear that connection. So I always suggest meditation. Um, I also suggest things like journaling and automatic writing, especially for people who are clairaudient and who are claircognizant, because oftentimes people who have those two abilities are very connected to like communication, they're very connected to writing, and they're really connected to words. And so for them, if they feel like they get those thoughts or they are really drawn to like music or things like that, it's easy for them to quote unquote channel or ask a question and connect back to their intuition in that form. So automatic writing is you literally just write a question and it can be super simple, not really something with a lot of emotion attached to it because then the ego sometimes plays tricks on you, but sometimes things that are just very simple um, and you just like ask the guidance or you, even you can ask like spirit guides, like what do you have to tell me today or things like that and just don't judge what comes through and just write. Um, that's a really beautiful way to cultivate it. But also looking back on kind of like when you made big decisions or even just any decision, what was the precursor to that decision? How did you feel? 
what was that feeling like? Did you have something, a thought rush through your brain? Did you hear something? Did you get a vision of something? What was the thing that happened that made you decide this aspect? And we all go through that. Like we hear stories, even from people who aren't intuitive whatsoever, like CEOs and stuff. Um, although like they sometimes are more tuned in than we, then they lead, to, <laughs> lead us to believe, but um, they might be like, okay, well I had this like vision in my head and I got this vision. I was on stages or, um, I heard like JK Rowling said when she was about to publish Harry Potter, she heard a voice say, um, the hardest thing is going to get, it's going to be getting it published, but once it does, it's going to be huge. So that's another form of it. She was really, she's not sitting there meditating all the time. Like, and then when she was writing Harry Potter, so it happens, um, right before typically we have those big life moments or we have those big decisions that we make. It's just sometimes we don't acknowledge that as a form of intuition, but the more that we do acknowledge it, the more we cultivate it and the more attention we give to it and the more we nurture it, then the more we have access to it throughout our entire day instead of just during those big moments. Got it. I really like that tip. I think that that's something that the audience can really connect with because we can mm -hmm. all go back and revisit an experience and kind of reflect upon what was actually happening there? You know, what can we yeah. remember from that? And, and I, like you said, I think more often than less, you will be able to pull some of those pieces and recall. I know for myself, when I was making a, the huge decision of finding a place to um, move to and start my life over, I, you know, traveled all over the United States. I left California last because I was very scared that I would have been biased otherwise. And I wanted to give everything a fair chance. Mm -hmm. And everyone had encouraged me to go to San Diego. They said, fly into San Diego. You're going to feel it there. You're going to love it. And so that's exactly what I did. I landed in San Diego and the feeling I was waiting for was not there. <laughs> and so I was like, oh no, this can't be it. So something told me, rent a car, drive up the coast. So mm -hmm. I got a car. I started driving up the coast. And literally the second that I rounded the corner from Dana Point going into Laguna, that feeling that I had been waiting for overcame me. It was a sense of knowing. I pulled over to the side of the road, texted my daughter, texted my assistant at the time and said, hey, we're moving to California. And they were like, okay. And no questions. They were like, <laughs> what this thing is that you have this gift of you know knowing and honestly um it was one of the best decisions i could have made in order for me to continue to align with my life purpose so very mm -hmm. exciting um for anyone who hasn't had that kind of experience um it's possible it's possible <laughs> for everyone um it may just present itself in a little bit different of a way and so, you know, obviously you're the expert in this area and can speak more to, um, to these gifts and these aspects of our, of our being. So, um, yeah, so I, I love that tip. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, I have a very long history of struggling with being able to truly um, drop in and embrace my divine feminine energy. And Don't we all? <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you. For that. So, um, I so 
you know that I have specifically made my journey about really um, surrendering the masculine and stepping in and embracing the feminine. And unfortunately, it's come with some decisions that were really challenging. There were things in my life that I had to let go of in order for me to allow this transition to start happening. And it's something that I still am currently struggling with. It's something that I have to tap in and check in with regularly because that masculine energy has been my dominant force for so long. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a real quick story and then I want to dive into kind of the divine feminine, talk a little bit about that and how we can um, really allow ourselves to access that part of us um, and, and try to achieve balance between the two energies. But I was planning a road trip with my brother a couple of weeks ago. And immediately, you know, I'm reminding myself on a daily basis, you're stepping into your divine feminine, you're letting go of the control, you don't have to be the planner. So anyway, I'm planning this trip and I, you know, send him a text with what I tentatively had put together and then immediately recognized, oh, <laughs> are so stepping into that masculine energy. I'm going to step back. I'm going to allow things to just flow. I'm going to surrender the control and allow things to just flow. And it turned out to be a really great trip. Um, but anyway, that was kind of one of those moments of awareness where I recognized traditionally, I wouldn't have thought twice. I would have just, you know, gone with emotions and then been in charge of the whole thing and leaned very heavily into that masculine energy the whole time. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty masculine, so we probably would have argued <laughs> over which way we were going. And, and yeah. so, talk to me about the divine. How, how can I how can I keep leveling up and, and really embracing this journey? So, uh, it's not that the divine feminine is like better. Sometimes I think because so many people are talking about it, mm -hmm. there's that that feeling of like, oh, it's better. It's not. It's just it hasn't been talked about, and it's been buried for so long that it has to get more of light shown on it. Okay. Um, and so it it's about more maintaining a balance between the two, and also understanding what you kind of lean more into because we do kind of tend to have a divine feminine or divine masculine essence to us, but we still have both energies within us because we need both. We still need the masculine to obviously have discipline. I'm still a huge proponent of discipline. I think it's awesome. And we need to get things done, especially if you are listening to this and you have your own business, like the masculine is really beautiful. The thing is, we haven't really been taught the feminine or the feminine hasn't been acknowledged as much or praised as much, but the masculine is because when you're growing up, you're praised for hard work, you're praised for discipline, you're praised for like getting things done. You're not really too much praised for like creativity or um, being in that flow or being a free spirit, it's very much like having that rigidness because then if you have the rigidness, you're going to be successful and you're going to get the money and everything like that. And so that's the messaging that we've been getting. So it's necessary, but even for if, whether you identify with being a man or a woman, you still need to have both within you. So the divine feminine is creation and the divine feminine is allowing and being in flow and being in receiving mode. And especially when it comes to business, it's so important because literally manifesting is creating and then receiving. And so time, like oftentimes and what's kind of been going on for the while now is that ever since manifesting surface, it's been talked about from a very masculine perspective of like, ask, keep your thoughts clear and then do it. But there's a key piece of the puzzle of the creation and like being in the flow and allowing and then receiving 
and letting go and allowing things to come. Um, and like allowing that playfulness when you're in that playful energy, then you're a higher vibration and then those things can come. And that doesn't happen as much when you're totally in the masculine. It happens more when you're in that feminine mindset. So it's actually helping greatly in your business to allow yourself to be in that feminine space. And it's different from everyone. It's really what makes you feel the most feminine. Um, I tend to, when I'm working with clients, especially when we're doing healings around receiving around manifestation, um, I tend to look at kind of the sacral chakras and then the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because oftentimes, even though the sacral chakra is a very feminine chakra, because it's creation and sensuality and emotions and things like that, that are stored there, it's also the one that women tend to have the most trauma in. So oftentimes like where we gain the most weight because we tend to hold on to trauma in that area. Sometimes our hormones get out of whack if you have really bad like menstrual cramps. So you have really bad cramping during your period. That's an indication that your sacral chakra is pretty probably kind of blocked at that point in time. Um, but then that's also like, wow, like I know how to, that I need to like work on releasing that. What kind of traumas contribute to the sacral chakra being out of alignment? So it can be anything from like as traumatizing as like, um, like trigger a morning um, assault or like rape um, to even like someone saying something about your, your body that you made you feel ashamed or like you did something that like you didn't really want to do um, or maybe someone put you down around like certain aspects of who you were and you're just your femininity in general, or like you felt guilty about being a woman, the sacral chakra tends to be the chakra that's blocked by guilt. Um, so it's really like kind of anything that if you feel guilty, which oftentimes like sometimes women have guilt come in more so than men do. Um, men sometimes have more shame that comes in and that's the solar plexus region, which is much more of a masculine one. So sometimes with men, their solar plexus tend to be a little bit more blocked. Um, but with women, and like it happens with women too, but um, with women, it's a lot more guilt. So oftentimes, like if we don't do certain things, you're meant to feel guilty. Right. Um, and then that holds on to trauma within the sacral chakra region. So right. if you ever feel guilty about certain things or guilt comes out of nowhere, then it's probably an indication that something is coming up, something is being blocked according to trauma, most likely to do with your femininity um, or being in your divine feminine that can then be released. Okay. Thank you for that explanation. I think for the listeners, that kind of helps them relate to this information in a way that they can understand. So can you kind of describe um, some of the main characteristics of being in that divine feminine energy and the uh, gifts that that energy can provide us with? Mm -hmm. So super intuitive. <laughs> the feminine tends to be more in charge of intuition. Um, which is why women tend to be a little bit more in their intuition than even men are, um, just very naturally and in that flow um, and like very flowy um, and having like a sense of kind of freedom because the feminine really likes to have, she likes to feel safe, but she also likes to have freedom um, and kind of just like being in creation and like think of like a queen or like a royalty. Um, sometimes the feminine is often described as soft and that's a part of it. But on the other side of that, it's also like the queen energy of like being very like royal and regal and strong and like in your power. You can still be very in your power and be feminine. It's not like a mutually exclusive thing. Okay. Um, and like that power isn't like a purely masculine energy. It can also be the power of like, think of like a really strong like mothering figure type of thing. Like think of how powerful that is. Or like when someone messes with like a child, think how like the mom steps in. Like that's 
kind of just how you can be and the energy you can have just in your everyday. Like you don't have to have kids or want kids to be in that space. So it's really about being in that creation and kind of being able to create and have things flow to you with a lot more ease and not feeling guilty around receiving because oftentimes we feel guilt around receiving things and receiving is the feminine, like it's being in that energy. And this for me is the biggest challenge. This for me has been the major um, pain point at trying to release that I have, um, you know, really operated for a long time from this place of I have to be the provider. I have to, you know, if if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. Being a single mom and, and things of that nature, plus I was the oldest and had five younger brothers. So this was a bit cultivated a very, very young, you know, early age for me. And mm-hmm. so um, as I've gotten older, I recognized more and more, especially um, being single and then stra- starting to try and date, how difficult receiving was for me, whether it was a compliment or, um, well, I'll be very honest. I had my huge epiphany with receiving at Event Love when we did the angel whisper mm-hmm. and we had to walk down that aisle and all of these women were whispering into my ear, all of these really impactful statements about myself and, and my interaction with them. Um, it was so hard for me. I remember literally feeling so uncomfortable within my own skin of just wanting to reject it. And in my head, the inner dialogue's going, you don't know me. You just met me. How can you even think this? Like, where is this coming from? And I remember um, immediately after that, that um, exercise, I had to get in an Uber and get to the airport to get back. And I did, I like started crying and reflecting um, in that car ride because it really truly was that like awakening moment of Heather Ann, like get your shit together, girl. You need to be able to receive everything you just heard is true. Mm-hmm. So I, you receive that. And mm-hmm. um, that's when I decided I was going to be very intentional with um, really trying to be mindful and aware of where I'm leaning into these energies in my everyday life decisions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so yeah, so how do we uh, how do we step into that divine and let her shine? So oftentimes, I mean, it is a little bit easier right now because a lot of people are working from home. So you know, we, we do like, have yeah, most likely you know, unless you're a essential worker and things like that. It's almost like the universe said, "Hey, <laughs> we have to interject. We're going to create the situation that's going yeah. to allow us to take a step back and for us to come on board and start installing these." <laughs> yeah so oftentimes like we do have a lot we're in our masculine a lot during the day um which is you know it's necessary and it's fine and it's beautiful but it is important to balance it out so even if you take like five minutes during lunch or you even schedule five minutes just to like take a minute to open up your heart chakra and to just receive to breathe to let the energy flow through you to just kind of soften a little bit and allow yourself to kind of soften and like you can still tap into that power and things like that but what kind of happens if we're in that masculine we tense up throughout the day and then we don't and then we're kind of blocked off from being able to receive so allowing and even having like a couple of 
like three times throughout the day, just five minutes of allowing yourself to get into the moment of just like a little bit more peacefulness and a little bit more stillness. Mm -hmm. Um, cause the masculine's moving a lot. The feminine tends to be a little bit stiller. Um, and just kind of allowing to be and just allowing yourself and giving your permission or on the flip side of that, you can dance and you can be like just kind of in your body and in that flow. It's really just about kind of like getting back in touch with your body and your soul and your spirit instead of being like <laughs> scattered and so focused on the do um and sometimes focus on like problem solving because that's a very masculine trait is problem solving um because you want to like get things done even think about like if you're fighting with or like having a disagreement with a significant other um and you, it's more of a masculine presence then they just want to like fix everything because that's a masculine energy. And like oftentimes you're in that energy when you're working because you either want to fix or you want to do and you want to build or you're like cultivating knowledge, which is all very masculine traits. So when you allow yourself to just like utilize your intuition or you allow yourself the stillness for a second or you just allow yourself to get back in the body through dancing or even like drawing for a couple of minutes or creating or writing or something, um, it allows yourself the space to get into that feminine to receive. That's beautiful. I love that. And those are very tangible things that any of us can access and do. Mm -hmm. Those are great tips. So I've recognized, I kind of find myself getting frustrated when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'll see a post about the divine feminine and it's being um, basically like the picture that's being painted is that the divine feminine is like this diva, like this uncontrollable boss diva that is ruling the world with, you know, just stomping on everyone. Mm -hmm. So how is it that this idea has attached itself to the divine feminine? How are some perceiving that that's what we are, you know, um, referencing when we refer to divine feminine? So that is an aspect of it. Um, the divine feminine can still be like that. So like there's, for those of you who study the goddesses and things like that, there's that Kali energy, which is dumping on things. Uh, and even like that's how she's depicted um, and ending things. And because when there's endings, there's creation. So it's kind of like right now, the reason why it's swaying so far to one side is because there are things that need to be destroyed. Um, and there are old constructs that need to be destroyed. Sometimes people also have their own experiences that they've gone through. And so they're speaking from a little bit more of sometimes a wounded place, rather the sacred place. Um, so that's always too, like if you see a post, always kind of ask yourself like, oh, is this from a place of love or is this come from a little bit more of a place of wounding? Um, and so that's when you can like kind of use your intuition and your own discretion and kind of decipher of like which is which. Um, and that doesn't mean like anything is wrong with that person or anything against that person. It's just, you don't have to accept that into your reality. Um, but the reason why it's swayed so far that way is because we've had so many systems that have been set up that they're not even really the sacred masculine. They're the wounded masculine, um, and they need to kind of be destroyed. And sometimes when that happens, there's that slightly more intense energy that cultivates that. And there's also people are angry. Um, and women are angry and they've been suppressed. And so that's kind of too sometimes where the wounded comes through. Um, but it is happening for a reason. And it's more so we get to that point where it's a balance instead of one being more than the other. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. I truly appreciate that. I think it's important to see it from that perspective and understand that there is a healthy and an unhealthy side to each and that typically it's coming from that wounded place that needs some extra attention in order to 
get to that more balanced, centered uh, for both energies, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of energy healing. I've been using energy healing modalities um, for, gosh, a long time, long time. Um, I've really, really embraced them strongly over the last decade. And I can't speak enough to energy healing. I think that it is like just one of the most beautiful things that we have access to. Um, I just, this honestly, the energy part of my journey has been the most fulfilling part of the journey. Mm -hmm. so talk to me, tell, let's talk to the audience about energy healing and, and what all that means, what that looks like, the different modalities. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of different modalities. I tend to work now with more of an energy healing that's been gifted to me, um, which I, they've told me to call, my guys have told me to call golden light healing, although I have studied Reiki um, and I'm a Reiki master. Um, and there are beautiful, there's different energies to them. There's different like kind of things that you can do, but essentially it's just clearing out the system so that you can kind of remove the quote unquote blocks, um, for someone, or I kind of look at it more as you're removing it. And then the person kind of does the work to actively remove it. Mm -hmm. Does any sense? So you're kind of like bringing it up for them to release. Cause even though, yes, like the energy healer, does a lot and it's they're a great person to have at the end of the day it, it is up to you and you have to a believe and you have to be able to you know work through these things as well um but it is a really beautiful practice to be able to clear out your field your chakras your org field your energetic body because everything starts in the energetic fields by the time it gets to us physically it's like the final stage essentially um but it's like old traumas that sometimes are in your energy field and in your chakras that and trauma doesn't have to be like what we sometimes think of trauma. It can literally be like a side comment which from like a parent or something like that or an authority figure that you just held on to um, or past lives. I see past lives a lot that people are still holding on to um, that actually are like a huge thing that is bothering them. Um, so releasing that and going in and healing that is really helpful because then at least it comes to the surface so that the person, if they need to, they can just examine it and release it and let whatever has to be done to go. I also work kind of in the more of a realm too of like as much as there's healing and releasing, there's also activation yeah. so that that person can then step into their power more. And that's more of the end goal rather than just the healing process so that this person can step into this highest light because that's kind of always the goals. You want them to be able to live their purpose and live in the highest possible way that they can. Um, so for me, that's kind of how I view it. Um, it's not just the healing and release. It's also the activation, which I think is great. You, I think it's great that you think about the activations because the activation piece is so, so vital for the next step for you to truly be able to walk in, embrace, accept, and move forward with your journey. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to embrace and turn on those, those aspects of yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think for myself, one of the things that was very um, confusing for me when I started my energy healing uh, journey was that there was this immense purging that came with it, you know, emotional, like I'd go, I do energy work. And then all of a the sudden there's like, anywhere from a few days to several weeks of just yeah. uncomfortableness and just 
feeling so detached and, and not okay in my own skin and emotional and not really understanding what was happening to me. And it was purging all of those traumas from, from my energy fields and allowing myself to, you know, um, get to that, that state of like balance and, and start moving forward with the activation piece. I wasn't prepared for that. I don't think that's talked about enough. <laughs> so I think people experience that and they're like, fuck this. I don't want to feel like shit. I, I thought I was supposed to feel better. So what's going on here? So you, it's not that it has to, has to happen every time, but sometimes that does happen. Cause again, you're kind of, um, think of your body as like, a like cap on something and then you're unscrewing the cap and then all this stuff is kind of coming out. Um, and it's always too, like, I always tell people it's what you can handle. Like you're always going to be able to handle it at that time. You're like, not everything is purged. Like you literally explode. <laughs> like, everything was purging at once. So it's really too, like, if you're ever hesitant about it, it's actually intensifying the process to go a lot quicker. So I'll use myself for an example. Um, I was already just told this like the other day when I really started to like be gifted this like work and stuff like that. And I started to do this on myself. It was very intense. It, it in retrospect is a very short amount of time for what I like kind of had to work through compared to what it could have been. And even if I didn't do that, what it should have been. Mm -hmm. So even though, yes, it feels like, Oh my God, it's ever going to end. It's actually a lot more that's being purged in a shorter amount of time rather than like, in I'm not, and nothing against this, but like rather if you're in like talk therapy and you're going through kind of, the same thing for a very, very long time. Yes, it is very important to do that. And like psychological health is just as important as spiritual health, but it should, it, it shouldn't take 10 years to work through certain things. Yeah. Um, so what this does is it, you can have like this energetic purging and then like pair it with therapy and stuff like that. Um, everything should kind of be working together and not be pinned against each other or like either or. Um, but what it does is it just intensifies it so you can purge it and it's actually happening quicker than if you didn't go that route. Okay. So I have a question for you. What was the question? Um, oh, it was about, oh, do you believe in using, um, like plant medicine to, um, facilitate energy healing? Are you, are you in support of that? What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, <laughs> So I don't, I have a belief that if someone's being called to something, it's not my place to tell them no. Um, if someone's intuition is telling them to do plant medicine, then okay. Um, on the flip side of that, I do think that there's a certain energy sometimes behind it. And I have met people who I don't, from what I know about it and what I've learned about it from my own, like asking about it. Mm -hmm. um, because it is becoming so much more prevalent mm -hmm. and even talking to my team about it, I don't think it's being treated the way that it should be treated personally. Um, I don't think it's being honored in the way it should be honored. Mm -hmm. So I, if you are going to do plant medicine, make sure it's going to be in a very sacred way. Make sure the space is very protected. Um, mm -hmm. because I've seen a lot of clients who go to these plant medicine journeys and they come to me for a healing and they have a lot of negative en entities attached to them and a lot of negative energies around them. And it's not their shadow self. It's like, like almost like bad things that are just, yeah, they opened a portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Portal. yeah. They weren't ready to 
Yeah. And like, honestly, um, and again, my personal belief system, so I'm not trying to force anything on anyone. If someone has a different belief, that's, that's totally fine. Um, but sometimes I'm not seeing something. Um, and I, from what I've noticed and from what I've seen, it sometimes opens stuff that people aren't ready for. And I have seen it sometimes develop into another form of addiction. Um, and it is never okay to rely on something so much outside of yourself. Because right. at the end of the day, if you do are doing plant medicine, it should be like, okay, you do this, but then you meditate on everything and you work through the things that have come up. And sometimes I've seen, and I'm sure a lot of people do that and it's amazing, but I've also seen that like people stop their meditation practice or they stop like their journaling practice and they stop really listening to themselves because they're like, well, I'll just wait till like my next plant medicine ceremony. Right. And that's when it's like, okay, now you're relying on something outside of yourself. So it just depends on like, A, what's the space? What's the energy in the space that's cultivated? Mm. Does it feel like it's a higher vibration? Um, is like, how do you kind of feel like going afterwards? How's your practice afterwards? Mm. Um, like, is the person protecting the space? Things like that. Um, and then are you using it as a replacement because you think that it's a quicker way to get to where you want to go? Right. Um, and are you relying on something outside of yourself? Cause I personally like, don't think you should ever have to rely on something outside yourself. You can utilize utilize it as a tool, but never a replacement. Right. Um, so it's also just like using your own discernment. I've also had people reach out to me and ask me about it. And they said they feel guilty about not feeling drawn to it. Um, and like, they're not a spiritual person. So in regards to like anything around it, you should never feel guilty about like not feeling drawn to do anything. Right. Um, right. you're like your spirituality and your relationship with the universe, God's source greater is a very personal one to you. Mm -hmm. So however you decide to go about that, as long as it's rooted in love, then that's your own personal choice. Um, right. there's never just one way. Awesome. Well, thank you for clarifying your position on that. <laughs> it's a little different than a lot of people's position, but. And, and I appreciate that. And I myself was being called to plant medicine. And so um, I have a specific energy healer that I've been working with for a long time, specifically on inner child work. Mm -hmm. And um, I had been talking with a couple of friends about how I don't know why, but I keep getting called to this thing called ayahuasca. And I'm honestly scared to death of it because, you know, I'm Googling it. I'm like looking it up and reading. <laughs> yeah, maybe like don't Google it. It's <laughs> saying to me that I'm supposed yeah. to entertain this idea. And so I resisted it, resisted, resisted. And then I get a message from my energy healer one day and she's like, my, my guides are telling me I'm supposed to invite you to ceremony. And in that moment I surrendered, I was like, okay, this is what is supposed to happen for me. And I was very intentional. So setting that container, like you said, is so important. Um, that is such a huge piece of it. But I also think that you have to be in a place where you've done the work. Like you said, this is not just a quick speed up the process, get from A to B type yeah. of, of modality. It doesn't work that way. And yeah. um, so for myself, when I did the experience, it was literally the most magical validation um, I could have ever received. It was such a gift. And the intention that I set for this experience was I wanted to know whether or not I had been doing the work on healing my inner children. And if I had, then I wanted them to show up, introduce me to my future selves. 
and yeah. that <laughs> happened. It was absolutely um, a really beautiful experience to see all of those little younger versions of myself show up feeling so loved and fulfilled and so happily handing me over, you know, to <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that if your intuition is guiding you to do that, then it's definitely a beautiful experience. Yeah. And I'm never going to tell someone cause it's a form like right. it's, I'm never going to tell someone not to listen to their intuition. And so if someone's intuition is pulling it. Then yeah. But again, with the medicine, I was very respectful. I followed a very strategic diet for over a month to ensure that I was in a very optimal place for this to um, really have the, you know, the best outcome possible for what I was supposed to get out of it. Yeah. And, and it, I think that's the perfect way to go about it. Yeah. Um, definitely. That's a different type of energy. <laughs> and yeah. it's definitely a commitment. I will give yeah. it that, you know, anyone who has questions and, and wants to reach out um, to me to kind of, you know, talk about that experience, I'd be happy to. Um, so I'm in the end, I'm glad that I did it. Um, I don't have any calling to do it again anytime soon, or maybe ever again. I feel like I got exactly out of it what I needed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, beautiful. <laughs> it was really beautiful to see all of these beautiful goddesses coming to visit me, my guides, my higher selves, my, um, ancestors, like they were just, oh, it was so beautiful. Mm. So sway. So I, let's, with that being said, let's talk about spirit guides and how they're working for us, they're here for us, they're supporting us. So let's, you know, kind of, what is a spirit guide? <laughs> so a spirit guide, um, we typically have a team of them. I've seen kind of, usually when I do readings on people, at least like four come, but I think there's actually more. They just like have people talk that are four, um, four people talk. But um, you have one that's assigned to you from the time that you were born until the time that you pass away in this lifetime. So they're with you for the entirety of your life. And then you have ones that kind of, I say like sub in and out, depending on what you need at that point in time. And you can have other ones that stay with you for your entire life. It's just that they might not necessarily be assigned to you. Um, and they're like very just high vibrational light beings. They could just be souls that have reached a certain level where now they can be spirit guides. Um, I tend to talk more to like ascended masters, archangels, goddesses, and gods and light beings. So that's who I tend to see the most show on people's teams because that's who I have more of a connection with. Um, so they tend to be on people's teams a lot as well, um, as well as like even ancestors or people you've had past lives with um, who've decided to kind of hang back. <laughs> um, and it can even kind of be like if you have um, even someone in your life that they're not quite in your life yet, they can even be acting as a spirit guide to you or like their higher self is. So it's really interesting because it can be like a whole variety. Um, I've even seen like elementals or like extraterrestrials, although I don't talk to them as much. It hasn't happened as often. Um, but they can, as long as they're just like a very high vibrational light being, they can be on your team. Um, and they kind of sub in and out depending on what you need at that point in time. Uh, and it's quite beautiful because it's sometimes not what you think you <laughs> would want. Um, for me, for example, I was working on healing a lot of stuff around romantic relationships and even just the masculine in general. Uh -huh. Very mad at the masculine this time. Yeah. And I thought that was, it was going to be on my team because every so often I'll be like, Hey, who's on my team right now? Cause I feel like you guys switched up. Um, and so I would like sometimes tune in. So I was just like, okay, like who's on my team right now? Cause of everything I was going through, I thought it was going to be like all goddesses and divine feminines and like maybe Archangel Michael. Cause he like is always there. 
And that wasn't actually the case at all. There was only like one goddess or divine feminine and the rest were all divine masculine beings. Um, and it's because I needed to heal and understand the sacred masculine and release my anger towards it. And so I needed to feel what it was like to have that around me. So sometimes it's not quite what you would expect, um, but it's what you need. Mm -hmm. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm a big fan of my spirit guides. I know that they're with me. I've got lots of them. They're always <laughs> and Yeah, they're like your own personal hike team. <laughs> just like, and they work so hard to like essentially get you where you need to go and to literally just guide you and to provide you what you want and what you need in your life. Right. So I think that we all have the question, right? Like this thing called life, <laughs> finding our thing. <laughs> thing called life and finding our purpose. Um, and I, you know, I think that in order to be able to start finding the purpose, you have to start wakening up. You like have to start that spiritual process. So for anyone out there who's listening and they're, you know, really interested in this kind of information and material, what would your suggestion be to them? How do they get started? Where do they jump in without feeling like too overwhelmed or too woo-wooed out? Like, how do we approach this from a non-intimidating standpoint? So the first, I mean, I'm always going to suggest, again, meditation. That's really the first step. Um, I really believe, um, and what I've seen kind of leads to the most results. And like, you can do that through guided meditations or even if it's like headspace or I like to make meditations really fun. So my intent to be like, I like to put out ones that are like, connect with your spirit guides and your goddesses and you're going on this adventure in meditation. Um, but really too, just kind of acknowledging and understanding that who you truly are is just, just love. And even if that's all you cultivate, and you just listen to even yourself um, and your higher self, then that's like a great place to start it. You know, journaling and meditation is always like the initial best, best place. <laughs> and I know sometimes, although meditation is becoming a little bit more mainstream, but um, you know, it doesn't have to be woo woo, but even like breath work or just understanding getting back into your body. But like, honestly, like, I think that sometimes when people get afraid of stepping in from what I've seen, and even in myself, it's because you know your life is going to change and you're afraid of that change. It's not really the spirituality. It's everything that's going to happen as a byproduct of you stepping into this. Mm -hmm. um, and so too, like asking yourself what you're afraid of if you decide to commit to yourself and you commit to this journey, because mm -hmm. usually you're afraid of change. Um, and things shifting. Is that more of the ego shadow part of us that are trying to keep us safe from? Yeah, it's the ego and, and it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely the ego because it's trying to keep us safe and it's trying to keep us comfortable, but there's so much unknown in this journey and that's really scary. Um, because, but like on the flip side of that, the unknown part of it is actually really beautiful because you don't have your entire life. Like, Played out, and even if you aren't spiritual, you're still gonna have unforeseen things that come into your life, both good and maybe like an experience that you need for a lesson. Right. So it's definitely it's more of just an opportunity, like how conscious do you want to be with it, and how trusting do you have to be with it, so that when things do happen, good or not so great, then you can stay centered in both and understand that everything is temporary, but you can come back to a place of love and calmness. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. 
I think that the whole spiritual journey, you know, the awakening um, can be very intimidating to a lot of people because the lingo is, you know, so different than what we're used mm -hmm. to hearing. We don't understand these concepts. You know, you there's bringing in um, different beings and extraterrestrials and talking about star seeds and spirit guides and. <laughs> You know, it starts like for the average person who has no clue, this can be very, very intimidating for them. Mm -hmm. And they tend to just kind of quietly back up and say, this might not be for me. You know, mm -hmm. this is kind of, this is so way out of my comfort zone. I don't know any of these terms. This is really woo wooey. I've seen a lot of people get very, very intimidated and just kind of back out and then mm -hmm. done, you know, the practice. And for me, I've, I have found that with, with my own journey that, you know, initially I was like, well, what book can I read? Where do I, what website do I go to research and, and like understand what the fuck a starseed is and what a spirit guide is? And, and ultimately what I've come to realize throughout this journey is that I only have to go one place to find all of the answers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like that simple. And I think that we have been conditioned not to trust, to have to constantly have the evidence in front of us in order to validate the belief that this is why it makes spirituality such a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it can't be that simple. I can't simply just go meditate and turn within and mm -hmm. find the answers mm -hmm. i was i was actually having it was a few weeks ago was, um my friend and i were having a conversation and she was channeling through and she was talking about um just how you know human is being we make being a human so complicated mm -hmm. like humans make this experience so complicated That's but in reality, human is the most simplest thing that you can be in our universe. And it's so true. Like, we love drama. We literally have magazines <laughs> that provide us constant drama and gossip because right. we, we, I think, want some sort of understanding that, like, it has to be complicated. But really, it doesn't. And if all that stuff is kind of swirling around you and it feels like chaotic and you don't know where to start at the core of it it's all just love and everything has been labeled you can just look from that point of view yeah. um and we love labeling things as like <laughs> as people and as humans um so just to like going back into a place of love and just seeing if it resonates and if it doesn't just let it go and that's totally fine but we have to remember too a lot of spiritual teachers are emerging because there's a lot more people awakening and so there's a lot more topics that are being given to us and so there's so much information around so many different things so if something around like star seeds isn't really connecting with you it's just because it's not meant to be in your life right now and that's totally fine um and so it's okay it's okay to gracefully let that go like you're not going to have the same viewpoints as people as everyone around you because you're meant to have your own spiritual journey and your own path in life and that's actually very beautiful because imagine if we were all the same and how boring that would be <laughs> oh, absolutely absolutely it would be yeah. a, a very unfortunate thing and back to what you were saying about how we you know are so addicted to um drama it's true we we from a physiologically place we have trained our nervous systems to 
basically respond to drama as the default state in order to feel like we are surviving. And so, yes, um, part of the problem with this, I feel, is that it's a distraction to keep us from accessing our higher selves or going within and being able to actually access that, that soul part, that spiritual part of ourselves. Um, by keeping that vibration lower and you know it's it's almost like a supposed to like a purposeful thing they're trying to do to us as humans to keep us all you know not mm. connected with why we're here and, and what this mission and journey is about mm, the most beautiful way that i've or one of the most beautiful ways i've seen it or like kind of described is there's one reality and that reality is love but then there's a million different ways to interpret there's more than a million different ways to interpret that reality but we all have to somehow figure out a way to remember that that one reality is the most important of them all whether how we choose to see it mm -hmm. absolutely that is beautiful well thank you for sharing that so <laughs> where can the audience find you so um you can find me i usually hang out on instagram um my instagram handle is i am Haley cole i spell Haley h-a-l-e-y-c-o-l-e um, and then my website is shinohaley.com. And those are usually my two, two places I like to yeah. <laughs> So tell me about this really cool program that you've just opened up. <laughs> so I actually have, yeah, I have a mystery school, um, which essentially like you learn a bunch of different topics. But I've been learning about this stuff for a very long time. So I put it into a school. <laughs> um, and you learn about how to really cultivate your intuition, build your intuition up. Um, create that connection with your spirit guides, how your own intuition really works, um, all the different goddesses, sun and masters, how to read oracle cards, how to protect your energy, so many stuff that we go over in a very short amount of time. Um, but it's, yeah, but it's really cool and it's been so beautiful to see the women who have gone through it and how much has really evolved just from implementing their intuition and, and how much things have changed. So. Yeah, I'm enrolling in September for it. So if anyone is interested, please let me know. Okay. I'm so excited. I love doing this. We'll so definitely make sure to um, put all of the links in the show notes so that they can access that easily. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am so appreciative of you and your beautiful shine and <laughs> love and gifts with the world and really helping the divine feminine come back and state her claim in society. <laughs> We got this. <laughs> we are grateful. So again, Haley, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Garanja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.